Welcome to Butterflies and Incantations, a podcast about all things weird and magical. I'm your host, Vanessa. Hello, Kelly. Thank you for coming on to the show. Hi, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. So, a tradition since the dawn of history, Anana and Inky, Yeshua and Miriam, John D. and Edward Kelly, Alistair Crowley and his myriad of Scarlet Women, Jack Parsons and Marjorie Cameron, myself and Sarah, the practitioner and the seer. Like the logo Paracletos, it is a pattern throughout history, unfortunately, likely due to the same bias that has that favors the divine masculine over the divine feminine, or the ceremonial magic over the folk magic, the seer is often pushed to the margins of the story, and they re- and they rarely get the chance to tell their side of the story, and their contributions are often undervalued. To me, this is a travesty, and so, in my own small way, I seek to put it right. Your story has often been hinted at in Charm the Water, but as the wheel of fate is ever turning, the present con- goodness, I can't even read my own writing. <laughs> the present, the present concerns always become paramount. So, as one who, like the rabid fangirl who wants to know the full backstory of her favorite character in a novel or film, I am incredibly interested in hearing everything you have to say. Of course, much of this is likely to be an emotional and personal story, and there will be things you wish to admit. This is your story. Tell it as you feel comfortable. Do not feel pressured to share anything with anything you feel uncomfortable with, and feel free to tell me no if I ask anything you don't want to answer. So without further ado, I say let's start with the most obvious question. What is your first magical memory? Wow. That actually could be a huge question. Um, because a magical memory, really, I would say magic hasn't come into my life until I met Aaron. Um, I've always had visions and experiences since I was young. Um, at the time, I, I used to call them paranormal experiences, but now I look at it and I say that I think it was just preparing me for today. So, um, my first magical experience, I would, I think probably is what led us to this house. And, you know, um, when Aaron actually had initiated into the sphere of Mars, that really started, it was like a turning point for me to realize how incredible magic is. Um, even more so, most recently, the initiation into Jupiter is probably my most real. So I think it's it's progressively built up over time. Um, but right now I'm having a lot of connection with Jupiter and Saphiel. Um, you know, about a little over a year ago, I had a great connection with Aniel as well. Wow, Vanessa, that's such a good question um, because there's just been so many things that have gone on. It's just, it's insane to me, actually. So, you mentioned, you keep teasing at these normal experiences from your past. Would you be interested in talking about them, or? Sure, sure. Um, I, as far back as I could remember, my dad, he told me that when I was little, I was probably two or three years old, 
we lived in the house of my great grandfather. It was my mother, my father, and myself. And in that house, um, my dad said there were a lot of paranormal things. And my father was an agnostic. He didn't really believe in God. He knew there was something higher, but he didn't hold value to any of it. Um, but he knew paranormal things occurred and he knew that I had something. He used to tell me that through my childhood. And, uh, the first experience I had was being very young and I don't remember, of course, but my father told me that I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would go and stand in front of the stove and cry. And he said that was the spot where my uh, grandfather had passed away. And, um, Yeah, he said it was just really intuitive that I would just stand up in the middle of the night. And he said sometimes I would talk to the wall. There was one spot on the wall, and he wasn't sure of the significance. But I guess uh, there was one night when I had gone, and I had started crying in front of the stove. And he mentioned that a huge grandfather clock had just fallen over in the attic at that same time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so my dad was just kind of always, you know... Uh, this is weird. And, and it just progressed as I had gotten older. Um, and the cool thing about it actually was whenever I would tell my dad about things that happened, he was probably the only person that was accepting and would reassure me that everything was okay and I should just be happy with what I had. Although I still didn't grasp what I had. I think I'm still even figuring out what I have. Well, I mean, that's honestly something that's really important is to have someone that can, you know, that you can connect with like that. Because I was having quite a few experiences growing up that I would consider paranormal, although some people might argue that. But my parents always were quick to dismiss them and tell me that it was just my imagination. And that always, it kind of crushed me emotionally and it took me years to really build that back up. So it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing that you had someone that you could connect with like that that believed you and didn't just dismiss everything you had to say. I think I'm I'm grateful. I mean, my dad has since passed away and <clears throat> to be honest, Vanessa, he really was not in my life that often. Um my parents divorced when I was 3. So after that I saw him maybe yearly. <clears throat> but um you know, to of course, you know, when you don't have something in your life, you always look back on it and and value it even more, yeah. if that makes any sense. I know so exactly I think what you're just talking those, about, because, yeah. you know, when I it wasn't until after I lost my mom that I realized all the I was always so focused on the parts that we like when we fought and such. And I never really valued the times that we had that were positive and it wasn't until you know looking back after she's already gone that I really started to properly value that for what it was so yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to that yeah see good yeah you do understand so I I think you know just his words um I hung on every word that my dad said when I was a kid so knowing that there was something special there um I kind of held on to that, even though I fully did not understand what I was dealing with. But I mean, you know, the stories and things that have happened, it's like a laundry list. It could literally fill up three shows with all the things that have happened. I don't want to really go into all the detail, um, but it's just been an incredible journey for me, honestly. 
So, how did you and uh, Aaron first meet? Oh, I picked him up on Facebook. (laughs) 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 It's really funny, actually. He, uh... He well, see, I've been visiting Asheville, North Carolina. I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and I my uncle had moved down to Asheville probably God, I would say maybe twenty years ago. He's been down here a long time, and every year I would come and visit or at least visit as often as I could, and I loved Asheville, like I just wanted to be in Asheville, so I had been bringing my daughter down here since she was probably four or five years old. And um, I knew in time that I wanted to move to North Carolina. And so uh, my uncle and I, of course, were friends on Facebook. And I noticed that Aaron had commented something on one of his posts. And this is going to sound really cliche when I say it. I almost don't believe it myself. But he commented on something and I saw his picture and I just thought, wow. And the picture that I saw, which is actually really funny, was him in a suit. It wasn't a suit and tie, but he was wearing a sweater vest with a button-down shirt and a bow tie. <laughs> he had glasses, he had hair, and he had a mustache and this, like, cheesy smile. Like, <laughs> total geek look, right? And uh, and I, I looked at it, and I was like, there's something about that guy. So I clicked on his profile, and, of course, I started stalking his profile. Now, I have to tell you, I have been an introvert most of my life. I've, I'm almost in some ways social phobic. Like I, I'm not so much anymore, but you know, when I was younger and I just never really put myself out there, I wasn't really one to date a lot. I wasn't doing all those things. And, um, so I start going through his profile and I'm just drawn to him. And it wasn't just because I thought he was attractive. Yeah, he was attractive, but there was something inside of me, like my stomach just wanted to talk to him. And I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I just couldn't shake it. And I sent him an instant message. (laughs) And I'm like, hi, I'm so-and-so's niece. And just wondering how you are kind of thing. Like, it was just this really random. And then he messaged me back. And for my sake, he was drunk at the time. And was willing to talk to me. <laughs> so he's like, sure, I love talking to pretty ladies. And <laughs> I had no idea he was drunk. But we ended up, um, we messaged for hours and then ended up talking on the phone until like 7 o'clock the next morning. And he's like, I need to go to work. And I said, yeah, me too. And so we disconnected the conversation. And then we just ended up talking the next day. But in that conversation that him and I had that whole night, This is going to sound so cliche, but I knew that he was the person I should be with, and I didn't know why. And that's adorable. It was just weird. It is. Well, I think it is adorable too. Like it makes me happy, but I just, I just like I knew that this was the guy. Like this was the one. Even though I had like all these, there were you know different. You know, sometimes you get red flags because you're like, oh, this is kind of off, or what's going on with this. He was really hurting, and as you've heard from Charm the Water, he went through a hard time with his divorce and such, and, you know, so he was a hurting guy, but that wasn't the reason I wanted to talk to him. Uh, I knew that he was hurting, but it was like, I could see him, and I I could see his heart, and his heart was beautiful, and despite 
the exterior that he had built up to protect himself from everything else around him, I knew that he was gold, that he was special. And I think in, you know, the growing that him and I have gone through, through all of this time, it's been like over four years now that we've been talking, almost two that we've been together. But like, I, I just, it's like, I can always just see his heart all the time all the time. And I realized just recently and realized based on some things that you have said to me about how him and I are going to be going through these growing phases and, and understanding each other better. And I've come to terms to realize that he sees my heart just as much. Like Aaron's not one to speak a lot about things like that, but I've realized that he sees my heart too. Like he knows me just as well as I know him, even though we may not know the outside things, we know each other's internal. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really amazing. <laughs> it's really cool when I say it. I should write this shit down, I swear. <laughs> you should write a book <laughs> one of these days, I'm telling you. I'm working on it, actually. Ironically, I am. I'm working on something. <laughs> well, I'll be probably the first one to order a copy. <laughs> ah, thanks. <laughs> So, uh, I know that you, early on you, you were talking to that you were, uh, didn't want to be involved at all in the magic. What was, what was the thing that made you change your mind? Hmm. Well, I, I didn't want to be involved in magic because of my Christian upbringing yeah. and my understanding of Christianity. And, um, one thing that I've always held on to is that, when I was a Christian, ironically, part of the reason why I left Christianity or left going to church is because I felt like I connected with God differently, or I actually connected with God. And I, I felt like a lot of the people around me had no idea how magnificent and amazing God actually is. And that he's so much bigger and so much greater and so much more loving than we give him credit for because we cannot comprehend how amazing he is despite all the things that they say from the pulpit. And it was part of the reason why I left was because of the, I, I don't know, I just got disgusted with so many things around me. And I don't want to sound like I was bitter or anything like that, but... <clears throat> Even though I left, I went to Bible college. I would have graduated and been a pastor of inner city ministry. So if that gives you any idea how dedicated my life was to the Christian faith. Um, but it was in Bible college when I realized that that wasn't where I needed to be. I thought to myself, I can love people and show people God without having to pay all this money for an education in a Bible college. And so that was when I ended up leaving. <clears throat> so when I met Aaron and he was really just at that time when I met him was when he was really starting to dig into magic. I mean, he had a basis prior, uh, but he was really starting to dig in. And I remember him and I used to talk and that we talked on the phone every day. I mean, and for hours and he used to like try to meditate with me. And I remember feeling like it was so evil and, and I remember telling him, I'm like, you know, you're just, you're just swayed right now from, 
from the truth. And, you know, you're really like, I felt like he was meant to be a pastor. And I'm like, you're going to find your way back. And he's like, Kelly, this is so much bigger than what you're even presenting, you know. And so um, I didn't want to involve myself in rituals. I still to this day keep myself a little distanced. And I think it's just more because I'm more reserved. Um, I'm a seer. I'm realizing that. Isn't that so freaking cool? (laughs) I'm like realizing that. I mean, and it's not, you know, those things have been happening with Aaron and I. It's intensified since we started living together. But, I mean, things would happen before where I would have dreams and it would totally connect with him. And I think that's what started the ball rolling with him and I really coming together and working together. So I still have not participated in rituals. I don't know if I will. Um, one thing that Aaron said in a, in a podcast recently was he doesn't like to share a lot of information with me. And I, have, I am okay with that now. Like I'm okay with him not sharing a lot of information because there is a purity that's held. And that's, I'll have a dream or a vision and I won't worry about it and I won't stress it. I tell him and he takes on the stress and the worry. And I think he prefers that. And to me, I couldn't have a a better man who wants to carry a stress and a worry for me. So if I knew as much as he did, I think it would ruin what I see and what comes through. So it's almost like my ignorance is bliss. You know, if I stay away and I let him do what he has to do and I'm the support, I think that we definitely, it's like electric. It's really electric, you know. Yeah, it makes sense because, you know, by you staying out of it and yet still, you know, receiving information, it it helps validate each other because, you know, he can, you know, verify that, yes, what he's doing is, you know, real and having an effect. But then you can also, you know, you're having these experiences and he can, like, you know, put them into the, the pieces into the puzzle and show you that, yes, these experiences all connect into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's really interesting that you mentioned, you know, that you left the church because you felt like there was more going on and that and that God was a lot bigger than what they were telling you. Because I've actually been, right now, I've been rereading through the Gnostic Bible, which is, you know, those other Christians that the Orthodoxy doesn't like to talk about from, you know, the same era as like Paul and and the Apostles. And many of the Apostles wrote Gnostic Gospels. And... uh they are very much talking about exactly what you were just saying, that there's, you know, the, the, in fact, they even give a separate name to the God that, you know, that the orthodoxy teaches about, you know, you know one that's very judgmental and, you know, follow these rules or else and all that kind of stuff. They call him Yaldabaoth Samael, which essentially means the deceiver and the blind God. And they give the higher God... Um, they tend to just call call it either the all or the oneness of the all or just the one. Or in some cases, they've created the name Abraxas, which is actually just the names, the first letter of the names of the planets in Greek. Um, wow. 
that they refer to as the high God that's above this other God that's a lot bigger and a lot more loving and a lot more uh, over, you know, connecting all things and and is all about non-judgment. In fact, mm -hmm. I've also been reading a retranslated copy of the New Testament written um, by a scholar who ignored everything that the church had said and everything that the uh, other translations had said, took the original Greek and he translated word for word, including grammatical errors or bad language or confusing language. If it's however it's written, he just translated it. And mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but it's by someone with the last name of Hart. I can't remember his whole name, but it's Hart. Um, and I'll, I'll probably put it in the show notes, but, um, and especially I've been drawn to the writings of Paul, and I, with this translation, which is, with this different translation, plus the background I have in magic and Gnosticism, it, it reads entirely differently. The parts where, you know, the Christianity I was raised to believe in say, you know, all these judgmental things and, you know, hate homosexuals and stuff. When I read that now, I see the exact opposite message that mm -hmm. that it's supposed to be about love and non-judgment and just trying to help each other and not worrying about all these little s's that are, you know, between us. And instead, recognizing that at the end of the day, we all are still learning and growing and nobody's perfect and we shouldn't expect each other to be and we shouldn't condemn each other for not being and mm -hmm. it just you know having that fresh in my mind and then having you 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 tell that story it just i can't help but see you know a little of paul in you and in, in in that message and you know that that you saw that there was you know something bigger going on and that it's all about love so <laughs> Ah, oh, thanks, Vanessa, for, for noticing. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say that. I mean, I, I look at it like <clears throat> from the experiences that I've had with God, he knows my heart. And I believe that he knows everyone's heart. And so if Jesus came and died on the cross and lived on earth and shared the experiences as a human would, then he fully, truly understands everything that we go through and everything that we deal with. So I, I think it's just a man interpretation to place judgment. And I, I hate saying, you know, placing judgment on things, but it really is man that is making those choices to not connect in with God one-on-one. -on -one. Because if they did, they would be completely different. They would see things completely different and they would accept everyone completely differently. So, you know, I, I just I, thank you so much for saying that. That's very nice. And I think it's really cool that you're reading all that. I envy that. I'm I'm one of those, these people. I'm more hands-on. And it's very hard for me to sit down and read something. I can sit down and read, but sometimes I have to reread five times before I understand what it says. But if you and I have a conversation and you explain to me what, what's going on and what is in that book, I'll get it like that. If you show me how to do it, I'll do it and I'll do it well and I'll never forget. But to sit and read, very hard for me. Really, really hard for me. And it, I think that's been a disadvantage in my life. Um, and this is a very personal thing I'm going to say. 
but it's it's a weakness that I have even when I talk when I speak um, I am insecure about how I speak often because of the fact that I think my lack of knowledge from reading affects my language and how I talk so it's like sometimes like last night I was listening to last night's podcast and I said to Aaron I'm like babe I sounded like an idiot like <laughs> You know, sometimes I'm just like, I'm like, I say all these words and I don't even say anything, you know, so I envy the fact that like you and Aaron, you guys are so to me, I see that as so brilliant and so smart that you can read things and absorb them and then use them in your daily life. So good job. Well, you know, you say that, but from my perspective, I would say that I actually envy you and your ability to, like, grasp things intuitively, because I usually have to study and study and study before I actually put things together, and it usually takes me, like, reading three or four different books to finally grasp a subject, but you seem to, you know, all you ta- all it takes is someone explaining it to you, and you just get it, so... You know, you're sitting here and telling me that, you know, I'm so smart because I can read all these books. But at the end of the day, you don't need the books. I mean, you just grasp things intuitively that, to me, I have to put together logically. And, you know, um, speaking of the Gnostics, they actually had two different words for the different ways of knowing and connecting to the divine. and, 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 And even, like, two different aspects of the divine that, transmit that information in that way the uh there is you know knowledge and then there is gnosis which is direct knowledge of the Mm -hmm. divine you know knowledge through personal experience Mm. and there are you know the two aspects of the divine are the logos or the word and then the parakletos or the holy spirit or sometimes sophia as the uh feminine aspect of the divine and, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier the idea that, you know, um, you, you said that, you know, if, if Jesus was, I forget your exact words, but, you know, you essentially said that if Jesus were alive today that he would, like, teach people, you know, to look beyond all these rules and such. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, one of the Gospels that were thrown out of the Bible for being too Gnostic, um, is the Gospel of Thomas. And it's the only Gospel that actually claims to have been written while Jesus was still alive. <clears throat> it starts mm-hmm. off with, these are the hidden sayings that the living uh, spoke to uh, Thomas the twin, and he wrote down. So this is the only one that's like, the the only one that claims to be of written while he was still living and teaching. And I want to read you a little passage of it and see if you think that it applies to what you were saying. Okay. His students asked, to him, asked him and said to him, How do you want us to fast? How should we pray? Should we give to charity? What diet should we observe? Yeshua said, Do not lie and do not do what you hate. All things are disclosed before heaven. There is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. Nothing covered that will remain undisclosed. Mm, Very good. Yes, yes, I would agree with that. That's cool. Very cool. Wow, Vanessa, that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) i swear i've heard that before though the book of thomas got kicked out of the Bible. isn't that horrible this is one thing that aaron would have said to me he's like what you grew up in church and you never read the bible i've read the bible but not from cover to cover (laughs) uh, but i i 
I swear I've heard something like that before, but maybe not. I don't know. But that that's really, really cool, and I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I always find it so bizarre that they're always into, you know, saying, oh, well, this Jesus was a real person, and these were real things that he taught, and there's all these people that say it. But then they ignore, like, over half of the people who had things to say on it. And it's yeah. like... If if this is true and he was a real person that taught things, why wouldn't you want to know every what everybody from that time period's perspective on it? Why would you just dismiss you know over ha- over like two thirds of it and just you know accept what you? It, it very much strikes me as you know creating what you want to believe rather than just you know actually seeking the truth. Well, I think it's the same reason why people don't seek God directly. It's the same idea and same concept, even though people will go to church every Sunday and stand in the pew and say, God, I know you're here and you're real. They don't believe that, really, truly don't believe it, because they think he was just there 2,000 years ago, and they're doing this because they have to. Now, I'm not speaking for every Christian. Please know that I'm not generalizing the whole population of people. Of but I'm, I'm saying that there's a, a good majority, it feels like to me, that do things out of habit and out of ritual and out of duty. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it was because of the fact that I've felt spiritually connected to something since I was a child that it made me want to seek God independently. Like when I would go to church on Sundays, you know, even when I was a teenager, the kids all would kind of click together and want to sit together and do their thing. I always sat separately I I always sat by myself because I felt like I was there to see God. I was there to experience God. So I always did things separately. And um, I didn't get caught up in a lot of the drama that would happen. And, you know, but I, I just, I don't know. And it would frustrate me because I would wish that other people would want that same individual separatism if that makes any sense. I I didn't, like I never, I've never really been a part of a group or anything like that. I've always kind of been the black sheep just because I've always liked weird things and I've always, (laughs) I've always liked things that were odd. I didn't really like what everybody else had, even though there were some parts of me that, yes, I wanted some things because I wanted to fit in. But when I really looked at the big picture, I didn't give a shit. I didn't want to fit in. I wanted to just be me and I wanted to like what I liked. And, you know, just finding God was what I wanted. And I found him. I mean, and you know, some of the things that I had gone through, like I've been healed. Um, I've been and, and it wasn't like it wasn't like a big, huge church service. Um, I actually I was visited by an angel like I had a, a woman. Oh, wow. I was by myself. It was I was a senior in high school and I went to visit the Bible college that I was going to go to. And a bunch of my friends and I were coming down the stairs to go to church that morning. And I came down the stairs and the college I went to was Valley Forge Christian College, which was an old army hospital. So you want to talk about spiritualism. Man, when I went to college there, I saw all sorts of spirits. And anyway, but the I was coming down the stairs and I fell. One of the stairs was crooked and I fell. And you could see on my right ankle, it looked like the bone was coming through my skin, but hadn't punctured the skin. 
so my ankle was broken and it was pretty bad. And so I'm crying and I'm sitting, friend said, just wait here. We're going to go and get help. Don't worry. Just wait here. And at that time, there were 410 students on campus. That was the amount of the students that there were there. And so I'm sitting on the stair and I'm crying and like, I'm just looking at my ankle and, and this woman comes out of the door behind me and she's got long black curly hair. I can still remember what she looked like. She was slender. She was white. She was beautiful, very plain. And, um, she kneeled down next to me and she said, Kelly, it'll be okay. And I was like, I hurt my ankle. And she's like, okay. She's like, well, I'm just going to pray with you. All right. And I said, sure. Like I can remember this verbatim. And, um, so she, she prayed with me. And by the time I opened my eyes, the door in front of me swings open and there's my pastor. And he's like, come on, I'm going to take you to the ER. And it was like a rush of chaos from all these people coming in the door to get me. And I turned around and she was gone. And I said to my pastor, I'm like, where did that woman go? Like, I want to thank her. Where did she go? And um, he's like, I don't know who you're talking about. Let's go. I ended up going to the ER, getting there. By the time I got there, my ankle was visibly straight. It was normal. The bone was not sticking out, and I only had a sprain. Wow, and, that's amazing. Uh, really cool, right? And so when I went back to campus, I asked as many people as I could in that dorm and around the dorm, who is this woman? She was in her 50s probably, 40s or 50s. And I asked so many, nobody knew who she was. And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I, I, I believed it was an angel. I believe it was someone that came to make me better. That's really you know? amazing. So it is really cool. I don't know how I got talked about that. But um, yeah, I guess the point I was making is that, like I've had amazing experiences. And I think it's just because I, I have sought God directly. I said, screw man. I want to know what's up with him. And maybe that's why things are connecting the way that they do in our lives now. Yeah. Who knows? That, that's, that's a really amazing story. I've, I've never had anything that interesting happen. I've had a lot of strange experiences, but never had anything that beautiful. That's, that's really amazing. Thanks, B. Really, it, honestly, it's really encouraging to hear stories like that because it's like it's so easy to get caught up in the news and all the horrible things that they the media perpetuates that are going on and we forget that there's a lot of really good things happening too. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. I'm trying to think of where to go from here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still kind of in awe of that story. <laughs> you know what, you kind of you remind me a little bit of when I met Aaron. Um, he, I, in fact, I mentioned this on the podcast that we did last night. Uh, when I first met him, he was all book knowledge and I'm not saying you're all book knowledge cause you and I don't know each other that well. But when I would talk to him and ask him questions about things, he would always comment and reference a book. He would reference what someone said or what someone did in a book that he read. And I used to say to him, you know, the only way you're ever going to understand things fully is until you experience them. And and he's like, yeah, yeah, but so-and-so said this in a book. Like he was so, you know, set on what was in a book. 
and um, and then he, when he had that experience with goat, it's been balls to the wall. <laughs> Pardon the expression, but like <laughs> since he had that experience with goat, everything is about experience now. And he still reads and he still understands and he still comprehends, but he sees things differently. And I'm, I'm not saying that you haven't had experiences. I'm sure you have. But I think it's like there's some point in our lives that we come to that opens us up in a different way. And, and it's a joy when we can come to that place where we can open up and burst forth and then we really start determining who we are and what we are and what we what value we hold and you know just to to digress also you I think are very intuitive because um you know you said that you think I am but you I think is you are as well I mean Vanessa when we have a show or something happens I almost wait to see what you're going to say and I I do I appreciate it so much and then I get so excited and I'm like Aaron look what Vanessa you know and (laughs) and it's it's funny because it a lot of times you you'll give me peace about something or you'll help me understand something better that I didn't before and so you know I just want on a personal note I want you to know how much I value our conversations. I value your opinions and I appreciate, I really truly do, honey. I appreciate when you tell me things um, because you do see things differently and you have predicted things, which you keep doing, which is freaking the shit out of me. Cause you keep <laughs> like, you'll be like, okay, well this is going to happen. And then lo and behold, that shit happens. Or like with the storm, remember you're like, called it when we did the whole Jupiter <laughs> thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, and then the weather. And then I'm not kidding you. The next day they come in and they're like, Asheville, there's going to be a hurricane coming through. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I that. So like, I always, you know, I adore you. I truly adore you. And I just, I, I don't know. I just, I've had such a soft spot for you for such a while. And not just because you message things, but even when I would read your comments to Aaron and comments that you've made to him in the past, he feels the same about you. Like we both appreciate you very much. So I can't wait for that experience to come your way that is going to just open you up because it's going to happen you're setting the foundation for yourself in so many ways. And if I'm saying this out of turn, please forgive me. And if it feels like I'm judging you incorrectly, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. But I just feel like if you're going to have an experience that's going to open you up, it's going to change you in such amazing ways. And you're young. So it's like you still have lots of time to make this big experience happen or allow this experience to happen. Because we know. all have it, V. We all have them. <laughs> I have to biggest blush going on right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so I've actually recently had that experience. I just haven't really talked about it much outside of, yeah. I've mostly just talked about it to Sarah. Um, yeah. Cause it was, it's honestly kind of hard to talk about cause it was really strange. And, uh, mm-hmm. but honestly creating this podcast is actually kind of the first step into taking what I learned from that experience and putting it into action. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, yep. um, 
I guess I should probably just talk about it. Um, I would love it if you'd be willing to share it. So, as you know, I was going through a kind of magical initiation, though unlike um, Aaron, mine wasn't from any one particular book, but rather just kind of an amalgamation of all the different books I had and all the different things I knew, and then plus my own connection to the Mesopotamian pantheon and mapping that onto, like, the Kabbalistic tree of life. And so, and a lot of the spheres that I passed through, I wouldn't even consider that I truly passed through them, because I didn't do a ritual, I didn't have huge experiences. Rather, I was mostly just learning lessons through synchronicity. It's really kind of... It's, it's hard to explain, because it's like, no, nothing was very concrete. It was all very, uh, just following what seemed to, right, to be the right thing to do at the time. And, yeah, yeah. And, no, uh, that's good. I understand that, actually. That's In fact, that's how Aaron and I live our lives. So, <laughs> that's really good. Go ahead. I'm so, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, so, anyways, that entire thing ultimately culminated in this experiment, experience, which... I just call my void experience. Mm. And essentially what happened was there was a whole series of things that led up to it. Essentially, in short, I felt like I was about to cross into the void that Crowley talks about in Mm. his writings. And uh, so I read all of his texts about it, including like the Book of of Lies and um, just listening to people talking about void experiences on YouTube and just everything I could to prepare myself for it. And then I simply prayed to Tiamat, which is the Mesopotamian uh, primordial mother goddess, to give me a void experience. And then that day, Sarah and Ripley, who's another person that's close to me, um, and I went to like this mall. And it was a mall that was... And granted, this was in the winter, so like in the evenings, it was dark as night outside, but the mall was still open. But it was this mall that was largely abandoned. There was very few stores still in it. Most of the stores were empty, and it was really creepy, and I got freaked out. And uh, I honestly was like the most scared I've ever been in a place. And there was no reason for me to really be scared because it was just a mall, but it was just a very empty mall. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that night we went back to Sarah's place and her and Ripley were on the computer playing video games and I wasn't really interested in that. I was still trying to calm down. So I decided I had just started to really get into meditation at that mm-hmm. time. And so I decided to just kind of lay on her bed and do a meditation. And I started doing that. And then next thing I know, I'm just not in my body anymore. I'm just floating in what I can only describe as liquid darkness, like just mm. pitch black. You can't see anything. It's it was it was almost like I was swimming in, like a a a pool that somebody had food colored to be black, if that mm. makes. Sense. I don't know how to better explain it. And then mm-hmm. this giant. <laughs> Have you seen Never Ending Story? I just watched it with Aaron the other night. <laughs> Obsessed with that movie since childhood. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> That's hilarious that you watched it just before I told the story. I did. So this giant 
Um, now, I, I could only see it from the head and, like, the shoulders. Everything else was, like, off the side of my vision. But this giant dragon swims up to me, and I swear it looked like Falcor without the fur. <laughs> kidding. Oh my gosh. Swims up to me and identifies herself as Tiamat, and then proceeds to send me into a number of experiences where I was incarnated and, and and here's the thing this entire experience you know it wasn't a dream in the normal sense because it was like realer than real like it felt it felt more real than even having this conversation it felt like mm-hmm. like you know dreams normally tend to have that like fuzzy quality around the edges but this was really intense and really mm-hmm. really real and uh i started what I can only describe as incarnating into different possible lives. So essentially, like, I would wake up and I would be a different person for, like, just a few minutes, one after another, different possible, like, selves. And eventually, I popped back into myself, and I woke up, and as you know, I'm trans, and with being trans comes uh, this thing called gender dysphoria, which is essentially this really awful feeling where you just feel like you're in the wrong body and everything's wrong and I woke up with that and I also had to really go to the bathroom so I got up and I went to the bathroom and I just had like the worst experience with gender dysphoria that I've ever experienced in my life and then I went back and I was like well I don't know what else to do so I went back to I was kind of when I when I woke up all this I wasn't really lucid I was just kind of like confused and bewildered but really had to go to the bathroom and I went to the bathroom and I went back and I just laid back down and then poof, I was back into that thing, and there was a couple more lives that I incarnated into, which I barely remember now, I just, I just remember them mostly as feelings, but I, Mm -hmm. like, I remember having, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird, everything's kind of blurred together, I guess Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say, and then, and then I was back in that void, um, back in that, like, that black darkness where I couldn't see anything, but, but the dragon. And then she asked me, choose. And I was like, well, I initially I was going to pick a different one. Like, I was mm-hmm. starting to say that I wanted this one, this other life. But then mm-hmm. I remembered all the people who cared about me, and especially Sarah, and mm-hmm. how much she uh, has kind of relies on me for emotional support. And I was like, well, I don't want to, as much as I don't like this life and this body and this me, I don't want to leave the people that care about me. I don't want to pe- leave the people who rely on me to be alone and not and not have me and have to, like, figure out themselves without me. So mm-hmm. I kind of just reluctant, reluctantly chose this life again. And then, like that, I was awake again, and I was really bewildered and confused and it took me a few minutes to even figure out what had happened and what the order of events was that had happened because everything was so intense and so real Mm -hmm. and I woke up and I told Sarah about my story and then I experienced what I can only describe as anamnesis you know the feeling that you know everything Mm 
and I tried mm. to get Sarah and Ripley to ask me questions and write down my answers because I was just like, <laughs> I know everything. Just ask me questions. Let me tell you everything. And then, then I, uh, but that didn't last for very long, and I just ended up getting really tired and fell back asleep. And after I woke up again, it was gone. So, <laughs> so after that experience, I've been slowly kind of putting my life together in a way that I never have before. I've been so much more at peace with myself and with the world and I mean I'm not perfect I'm still working through things I'm still figuring it all out but one of the things that I've I've definitely done is I've made a point of I, I used to start all these projects but then I would just kind of put them off because I'd be like oh well I'll do that when I have time but then I'd never have time and by the time I did have time I'd forget that I even had that because I had put it off for so long so now I'm making a point of if, if there's a project I want to work on and I feel it's important that I will make the time, that I will, you know, not let life get in my way of what I want to do with it. And also, less, I'm putting less and less importance on doing things that I feel like don't ultimately matter. Like, I'll still play games, I'll still enjoy life and that kind of thing, but all of it... I try to make a point of if I see there's a way I could help somebody or if I could see a way to do a thing that I think will be have a lasting impact on the world, then I will choose to do that over, you know, for instance, spending an afternoon playing Skyrim. So, mm-hmm. and this podcast is one of those things because it's, to me, I see it as an outlet to put people's experiences and different ideas and my own ideas and and my own experiences and um such and give put it in a form that people can easily digest and explore and just listen to and learn about you know a different way of seeing the world tagline is all things weird magical and the outro is you know magic is everywhere you just have to know where to look and and those things I feel like are kind of fundamental to the message I'm trying to put out, which is, you know, if you stop paying attention to material things, if you stop worrying about what the media tells you you should be worried about, and just start looking at the people around you and realize that, you know, we're all kind of trapped in this, what Philip K. Dick would have called the black iron prison. We're all just kind of, you know, in here. Nobody really knows what's going on. We're just you know, trying to, we're all figuring this stuff out, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, helping each other out, and, and, you know, just enjoying the time that we have is ultimately more important than having the best computer, or the prettiest picture on your wall, or the biggest TV, or any of that, Mm -hmm. so, that's kind of where I'm at now, I guess. Well, let me tell you, if, if you don't mind saying so, the experience that you had uh, is awesome. It's beautiful. You talked about the gender dysphoria. One thing I've realized through this process that we're going through is it's working on who we are and what our struggles are. And as deeply personal as they become and the harder they become, the more freeing everything becomes. Absolutely. You should not have to feel gender dysphoria because you are who you are. So the feeling that you get of, of that, that stress and that anxiety 
I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that happened. And I'm sorry you felt that way. But the hope and the excitement is that this experience obviously is meant to help help you to deal with that. And you, like you said, you feel peace now and you, you feel more content with who you are. You made the choice to stay who you were because that's right, Vanessa. It's who you are, honey. And so I, I think your experience is really freaking cool. And yes, you should share it more for sure. And I'm so grateful that you even said it with me. Um, I also think you're so wise you know, um, some of the things that you've said, I didn't realize until I was in my 30s about life and about um, valuing what's around me. You know, you're realizing that now you're ahead of the game. That's awesome. And um, I was also thinking about um, when you're talking about helping somebody and helping other people around you, when Aaron and I were reading through uh, the Jupiter conjuration in Seven Spheres by Rufus Opus. I have that was right one in front of, of me. <laughs> yes, yes. That was one of the parts in there that he talked about with giving to other people. And when I was reading Ashin Chassan's book about Satchael and the conversation that they had, Satchael says the same thing. Um, you know, and I'm at that point as well. So I understand what you're talking about where it's like you value the big picture. You value everything, not just the little things that meet that satisfaction, but what will satisfy you in the long run, in the big, big picture. So it's very wise that you are experiencing these things and, and understanding these things. I'm like, that's so cool. And man, you got to see Felcor? Come on. <laughs> That's crazy. I was like almost <laughs> clapping at the end of the movie when that kid hopped on and chased down those bullies. I need a Falcor. And you had a freaking Falcor? God. Jeez. You're getting more blessings than I am, you punk. What's going on with that? <laughs> oh, that is really cool, Vanessa. I'm so, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I had something <laughs> I was going to say, and now I forget what it was. It's I'm like, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember what I was yeah, going to go say. So, oh. um, you know, you, you say that uh, you call me wise, and you have no idea what that means to me, because the thing is, the very thing that started my entire journey was actually praying for wisdom. Because I was at a point in my life where everything felt like it was falling apart. I was in a relationship that was going nowhere, and we were struggling financially like you wouldn't believe. I would just go home, and I would be depressed. And I would just sit in a corner and just stare and do nothing for my evenings because I just I didn't know what else to do, and I was so depressed. And then there was one moment when I was driving to work, and I looked up in the sky, and I saw the planet Venus. I know... <laughs> the stars and planets because my dad is very much into amateur astronomy so I spent a lot of my time growing up looking in telescopes and stuff so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew it was Venus when, as soon as I looked at it and of course you know like Venus is associated with Inanna from the Mesopotamian and I was just starting to read about that at the time and mm -hmm. uh, 
I just, I didn't know what else to do. I was at this moment where I just felt completely lost and alone, and my mother's death was fresh in my mind, because that was a lot closer to when it had happened, and, uh, so I looked up at Venus, and I said a prayer to Inanna, asking to grant me wisdom, and the Mm -hmm. strength to get through whatever she wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where it went off to the races, because after that, that was when my whole experiences started, ultimately culminating mm-hmm. in the one that I just told you. And uh, mm-hmm. so for you to tell me that I'm wise, that is like, to me, that's like saying, you've accomplished your goals. <laughs> <laughs> you've gotten the very thing you asked for. So that's mm-hmm. really beautiful, and I, I thank you for that. I'm really touched that you think that. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do very much. As you were telling me the story, I was, I was making notes because oftentimes, you know, it's like, uh, there's so many things that are said and I didn't want to forget. And that was the very first thing that I wrote. And I said, very wise. So yeah, I, I think, um, your perception is, is very wise. Yes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the seven spheres, and I happen to have that in front of me. So you mentioned the part about you know giving and all that. So I want to read mm-hmm. it, read it on the podcast if you don't mind. I would love that. Grace grows by being given away. When you receive that blessing from Jupiter, you in turn pass on the, a blessing to others. You are able to receive more blessing. It's like a current. If you try to take all the blessings of Jupiter and keep them for yourself to make yourself personally happy, you put a closed sphere at the bottom of a tube that has liquid flowing through it. When the sphere is full and the pressure on the sphere reaches equilibrium, no more fluid will flow. But you put a spig spot on the sphere, a spigot. (laughs) (laughs) See, I have trouble reading sometimes too. Sphere, spigot, it's all the same thing. (laughs) You you put a spigot on that sphere, let the fluid flow out, and all of a sudden you've got a current. The grace of the sphere of Jupiter never runs out. By passing it along, you become a channel for grace, and on its way through from on high, it will manifest in your life. You give charity. You have more charity to give. That's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, I think it all, it plays into love. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't want to sound like a hippie or cliche or anything like that. But I think if, if we just loved people more, even just in general, we really could change things. And I know that that sounds so damn cliche. I hate that. I wish I had a different way of saying it, but it's really true, you know, and when you give things to people and it doesn't always have to be material, sometimes it's your time. It's your ear, your shoulder. Or even just a hug. Exactly, exactly. For sure. Yep. I'm giving you a spiritual hug right now, Nessie. I always want to call you Nessie. Every time you write me, I'm like, Nessie wrote me. And I didn't want to say it because I like I never hear your voice, so I'm not quite sure if it's like if you'd be offended, but like Nessie is what I call you in my mind. You're my Nessie. It's funny you've started calling me that because that's actually what most of my friends call me. Yeah, you are. You're like a Nessie. It's like an endearing, like, teddy bear kind of thing, you know? And, and you know, what's funny is my music project is actually called V-Nessie, based on what everyone was nice. calling me at my nice. job at the time when I when I created the name. 
Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, <laughs> I'm not really sure where else to go from here. It seems like we've kind of touched on the, the secret of the universe. <laughs> I know. Definitely. Yep. We've agreed. You know, I don't know if you've, um, I don't know if you've actually read, uh, is what's it called? I think it's, it's the Ashen Chasan book, the gates through or through gates of, or gate. I can't think of light and shadow. It's the light and shadow book. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've not read any of his books. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have the opportunity at some time, but, uh, I really think that if you could get a, a glimpse into the experience that he had with NIL, I think you might see things because it, it seems like, I think you and I, part of the reason we connect is I think we're similar in some ways. Um, you know, we both have that desire to love people and to be loved by people. Um, and I don't mean in a popularity way. I mean, in a sincere way, you know, to actually be loved and love people. But, um, the experience that Chasson had with his scryer and with NIL, I'm telling you, Vanessa, it changed me. And I mean, I was, I was told months ahead, if you said that you read the blog that I posted and I, I didn't really even go into depth about the experience, um, because it was very personal, but, um, you know, I kept hearing his name, Ashin Chasson for three days, three nights until I finally gave in and told Aaron. I, and at the time I thought Aaron would think I was nuts because I didn't even know who Asha Chasan was. I heard Aaron mention his name a couple times, but had no idea who he was or what he was. So I thought it was strange that I was hearing his name. But when I picked up that book and I, I read just that section where he describes the experience with Aniel, she's all about love. And man, I, I, it's like, I can't, it's hard for me to even talk about because it was just reading the words. Like I could hear this angel talking through the book and I just wept. So I'm just going to throw that out to you that maybe if you ever get the opportunity to look into that, please do so because it, I just, I feel like, honestly, I feel like it would be something you would totally connect with. That sounds a and bit it like would... my, how oh, I feel every single time I read The Thunder Perfect Mind. I, mm. I almost feel like I'm being, having it read to me by the, by Sophia. Mm. Isn't that incredible? Like, aren't we so blessed that we can have that ability and that sensitivity to connect with something that powerful? Yeah, definitely. We're really a blessed people. And, you know, um, I'm so glad that you, you value those. It's the little things, I feel. You know, you value that. And it's really cool. Yeah. Mm. This is so mushy. <laughs> Seriously, we're like big mushes. <laughs> well, it's the butterflies. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. <laughs> Vanessa, I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for everything that you do for me and do for Aaron and, you know, all your contribution. And thank you for to be on the show today. I am really, really, really honored and thankful. Thank Aww. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and having this conversation. It was great. <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, I know you were on Charm the Water in the past, and that was a pretty cool show, too. I remember when you did that with Aaron. So we appreciated that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little <laughs> bit embarrassed about that one now because, like, I'm so past where I was then that I'm like, I hear some of the things I said and I just cringe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing, though. You know, you yeah. can look back on it and say, look how much I've grown. Yeah, very much so. I very much feel like I'm... And, and you know, <clears throat> I understood a lot more than a lot of people even then. Um, or at least what I should say is, you know, I understood a lot of things that my past... Like, I had learned a lot by that point already. You know, learned a lot more than I shouldn't say other people. I meant to say my, than my past self. I had already mm -hmm. learned a lot by that point, but... It's it's so obvious to me now how much more I still had to le left to learn, and I'm 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 still learning, but I feel like now at least I'm in a position where I'm starting to put what I learned into practice, and I think that's mm -hmm. a, you know just as an important part of all of this as just you know having the experiences and making these connections and and you know learning all these things you know. <laughs> <laughs> to take something so cliche and so like 80s <laughs> you know <laughs> learning is half the battle you know putting it yeah. into practice is the other half and you know it's all well and good to you know you know feel loving when you're sitting alone in your apartment you know looking at your plants but <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a whole another thing to you know when you're driving and there's a you know a homeless person sitting on the side with a sign and looking all dejected to you know, pull your car over and give them money, you know, take mm -hmm. the time out of your day to do that instead of mm -hmm. like get angry at them for being there or, you know, just or, or ignoring them, you know, and mm -hmm. that to me has also been, you know, that's a that's a part that I don't really talk about because, you know, it, it is kind of personal and it's not about me and I don't want I don't want people to, you know, like, I'm not doing it to say, hey, look at me, I'm so giving, or whatever. For me, it's it's not about that. It's about, you know, actually wanting to help people. And so, but that's been another part of this lesson that I've learned from that experience is, is that I have been trying to be more giving to people. You know, anytime somebody asks me for money, I try to give them at least a little bit if I can. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I try not to talk about it too much because at the end of the day, it's I'm not giving because I, you know because I'm trying to draw attention to myself or because I want to feel like this person or because I want to score points in heaven or get a bigger house in heaven or any of that nonsense. I give because I know what it's like to have to be in a hurting position and I know what it's like to have someone care about you when you are hurting and I want mm -hmm. to be that person to other people. Yes, good job. And I'm not saying that in like patting you on the head. I'm saying that is in good job because you you are important and what your feelings about that are important and I wish more people were like you. I wish more people thought the same way that you do. Aww. So, good job. <laughs> really good job. All right. Well, I definitely want to thank you for coming on. It's been a really great episode, and <laughs> I think if everyone can get past the mushy stuff, they can find something really <laughs> of value in this one. So, Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again.
this. It's really been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to Butterflies and Incantations. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow me on social media. This is Vanessa reminding you that magic is everywhere. You only have to know.